Good morning. I don't know about the best of the best. <laughs> but it's so good to be with you guys and being able to um, be up here and um, share a message today. One that I thought that, um, what a hard assignment I had. <laughs> you know, he gave this to me. But I, I think that I can speak from my heart because um, like everybody else, I get offended too. And uh, I think that... Um, this, this is a good lesson for all of us. Have, have you already um, learned that there are many reasons for coming to church? You know, not, ju- not just because you're dragged here. Yeah, but one of the reasons is that um, we learn together uh, things that come from God's Word so that we can apply it in our lives and that we become more like what God intended us to be in the first place. This, this series, um, When God Moves, is really about, um, it, it talks to us about certain things that you and I cannot do on our own power. Um, let me just illustrate this. Um, um, <clears throat> Bernard and I, we get into these arguments, and I hear this voice say, you better not say that. And you know what I do? I say it anyway. <laughs> and then jam up <laughs> we, 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 we uh, just it, it's, it seems like if we only listen to that voice that, that spoke to us it will save a lot of trouble in our lives and that voice when it's, it's what we call righteousness when it's right it's, it's the Lord and so there are um, certain things because um, at that moment when I'm, I'm hearing that voice and I, I just don't have the, the willpower or, the, or just the strength to listen. And so I, I do this other thing. And that's why um, this series is so good because there are these things that we're talking about. Um, and Pastor Charlie talked about anger and Pastor Aaron last week talked about bitterness. These are things that we need help with. We need God to help us. And so, this morning I'm talking about the sting of, of an offense. And I think many of us have got stung by something, you know, a bee or a centipede or, or something. And we, we know how much that hurts. Uh, it's not just the initial sting, but it, it, it does ache and, and uh, there's a pulse to it afterwards. And we know that um, a sting of an offense does the same thing. Actually, it's the beginning an offense is the beginning of anger and of bitterness and of all these other things that just fall into place. And eventually, if you, you ever talk to somebody who has um, gotten into a real bad case, like they murdered somebody, they're going to tell you, yeah, they got offended. And then it just went on and on and then just, it just rolled into um, a real bad thing. And so I know that the will of God is that we start to take care of of these things before they get out of hand. And um, <clears throat> writing off of this thing of offense, what I want to do is talk about um, self-control. Self-control is something very important. And I know what everybody says, because I used to say it too, well, no can help. My father did this, and his father did that. And I'm, I'm just saying that um, <clears throat> you got to look at the real father. <laughs> And he never did things that um, we have kind of learned to do because of this life. 
And so this morning, I, um, I want to start off with uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. And this is out of the Amplified uh, Version. It says, Understand, my beloved brethren. So it's really speaking to all of us, the brethren, and it's saying that we, um, let's understand this. Understand, my beloved brethren. Let every man be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to take offense and to get angry. Now, I thought that the next thing we should talk about um, from this verse is the fruits of the Spirit. Because the fruits of the Spirit is what God really wants to be happening in our lives. And this is what pleases God. How many of you want to please God? Yeah, I think all of us do. We want to please Him. And Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 is where you find this. And it says, when the Holy Spirit controls... Would you underline that if you're taking notes this, this morning... When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He, not Pastor Alex, not Pastor Sheldon, not the counselor, whoever you, you see, not the doctor or somebody, He, the Holy Spirit, will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me say this to all of you that are not married. If you're looking for a spouse, <clears throat> look for this kind of traits in that person. And you will be blessed. Well, nobody's perfect. Then start bringing them to church so that they can learn about these things. Amen? Yeah. Look at the last one there. Self-control. What is, what is it about self-control? What do we want self-control with? Well, you can just name it. I mean, it's your thought life, your emotions, your words, your relationships, um, habits that you have, your mood swings. Because what we're really talking about here is how do I control these things so that they don't control me? And when you take an offense and it starts to roll and, and, and get bigger, what, what's happening is it's starting to take control of you. Did you know that God delights when you and I have self-control. As a matter of fact, He wants it so bad in your life that He has promised that when we allow Him to control our life, He will produce self-control in our lives. But because of a lot of hurts in our past and how we have been brought up um, in uh, our lifestyle and everything, we have learned some not-so-good stuff. And so we carry a lot of junk inside that makes us react and respond in wrong ways that causes us just to fly off the handle. Have you ever seen somebody that has been offended? I mean, there are people that, that I mean, you can, you can just look at their face and you know they are offended, right? They, they, the first thing they do is they roll their eyes. Yeah. Or they turn bright red or, or, or just something that you know that they got offended. And that's going to happen a lot in our lives if we lack self-control. And so, one of the reasons we lack self-control is because we have some of these deep hurts from our past. And what we do is we carry it into our presence. And then when anybody just says something, wham! When anybody has a hurt, what do you want to do? You want to make that hurt go away. And so you respond. You want to make that hurt better. So what you do is you try to control the pain to make the hurt go away. 
when you're physically, um, you know, sick, when you got this um, headache or you got uh, your muscles ache or you cough, things like that, what do you want to do? You want to make that stuff go away. So we reach out for medication. We try to, you know, here's my point. When I'm hurting, I want to feel better. And that, is, that principle is also true, not just the physical side, but also my inner side. And this cloud that brings about pain from my past and my present, I want to make that pain go away. So what I'll do is I'll reach for a medicator to medicate my inner world. And the response when we, we get offended is just a medication because we want to respond to it to, to make that hurt go away. And some of us, what we do is we'll reach for anything. I mean, we'll, do, we have, we'll go for food, we'll go for alcohol, we'll go shopping, we'll take drugs. But when we're confronted by something, we take that offense. Whatever it is, to make that pain go away. Now these medicators become our temptations because when they work so well, it's, not, it, it's, it's hard to not want them again. So all of a sudden, these medicators become our temptations and we can't control them. Anybody can relate to this? See, what I'm talking about today is self-control and we're talking about the sting of offense, but it does cover a whole bunch of other things as well. See, the good news to this message is that this whole series is that God really deeply, deeply cares about your future here on this earth and in heaven. And He cares so much that He wants you to have self-control, now listen to this, so that you will not miss out on living life to its fullest. God always has a purpose. This morning what I want to uh, give to you is a, a biblical picture. Also I want to uh, look at the problems that keep us from having self-control. And then I want us to go after a plan. I mean, why just talk about it? We've got to do something about it. Amen? That if you're willing to put this plan into your life and walk it out, you'll start to live your life to the fullest. That's our goal. Now here's the biblical picture of what self-control is. The word self-control in the Bible in the Greek language means holding oneself in. And in some of your Bibles, when you look up Galatians chapter 5 and you read it, it does not say self-control. In some translations, it says the word temperance. Temperance is this idea of retaining passions or appetites. So if you look at self-control, it is holding oneself in or temperance, which means retaining passions and appetites. So the question is then, why does God want us to have self-control? And, and here's a couple of things, the reasons why. Self-control, and this is on your outline, defends against temptations and destruction. Now that's really clear. Self-control defends against temptations and destruction. Proverbs 25 verse 28. A person without self-control is, is as defenseless as a city with broken down walls. Would you underline the word walls? 
You see, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew language is used there, and that word walls means walls of protection. What do you want to protect? You want to protect something that has value. What is value? Your life. So if your life has value, what do you want to do? You want to build up walls that will protect it. You want to surround your life with walls. You want to fortify it. Why? Because when the walls come down is when the tempters and the medicators begin to take over. When your life is destroyed and when your life is hurt, you know what you want to do? Or or you know what you do? You also drag other people down with you. You The the lack of self-control brings other people down with you. And then the Bible says, self-control leads to godliness and love. This is the most beautiful cycle um, that I I love when I read in uh, the Word. um, It's a beautiful cycle. It starts with your faith. And I want us to read this together. It's 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 to 7. Let's read this together. Ready? Go. Your faith will produce a life of moral excellence. A life of moral excellence leads to knowing God better. And knowing God leads to self-control. Self-control leads to patience endurance. Patience endurance leads to godliness. Godliness leads to love for other Christians. Until finally, you will grow to have genuine love for everyone. Now let me just say something right here. If you don't love your neighbor who get all the chickens that grow up early in the morning and make you up and all that kind of stuff. You're not there yet. Yeah. If you're still mad with the person at work, you're not there yet. Because we cannot keep on just loving Christians. We got to love everyone. Amen? So this is kind of like something that you, you look at and you say, okay, I can keep on working on this. I know without a doubt that um, we all want to be seen as people who love. We want that. We want to be able to have a beautiful day and be able to get along with everybody. But when something goes a little haywire, what? We lose self-control and we get offended. So how come we do not have self-control? Well, when it comes to self-control, it is deeper than you and I realize. Most people in our world, uh, they live their lives at a very superficial level where they pretend like they are in total control. When you live on the surface, you don't really think about self-control that much. And what you do is you say things that keep your life just on the surface. Maybe you heard some of the phrases that we use. I can handle it. If I really wanted to stop, I can. My issue isn't that bad. It's not as bad as other people I know. Yeah. That's known as denial, when we deny. Denial keeps you at the surface, because if you, you can stop, well then why don't you? How bad does things have to get before you, you stop? You know, like when you get offended, is it going to cost uh, your marriage? Is it going to um, take us uh, to be, um, you know, go to the hospital because you, you got into a fight or something? 
Or are you even going to kill somebody? I mean, it can get that bad. What does it take? It's all surface comments. <clears throat> um, I, I remember, you know, the, the Hawaiians, the locals, us. <laughs> you look at the person, and the next thing you say, what? <laughs> beef, beef. You know? And the offense just goes and gets, gets gone and on and on. And, um, and it, is, it is not good. And it's not just things that we say that keeps us from on the surface. It's things that we do. When it comes to some of the, these, these problems, what we have, what we try to do is we try to fix the problem instead of trying to fix ourselves. I'm an expert at what I'm talking about in pointing out problems. That's my kids. That's my wife. Easy to point out problems. But folks, to move toward a life of self-control and inner strength and temperance, then I must, and here we go, you can fill in the blank. Number one, I must go below the surface. I must go below the surface. You see, if the problem is deep, the problem is really deeper than I realize. And I need to get some help for this problem. And I got to go below the surface. I have to dig right here. Look here, look, look, here, inside. My heart. I got to I gotta get below the surface. And the, the first digging point is, is a phrase that I want to give you. It's a phrase that I want you to write down. It's a phrase that I want you to remember. Because it is God's truth. And it is five words. You might want to write this down. I am not a slave. I am not a slave. You see, in the midst of everything that happens in your life, where you fall into a place where that's the way you react all the time, that you need to grab onto this phrase and say, I'm not a slave to that. I don't have to act like that. I don't have to respond in that way. I am not a slave to that. That's what the Bible says in Romans six nineteen, And it, it addresses it as this. Sin is no longer your master. Would you underline sin is no longer your master? For, for you are no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free. Underline that word free. You're free by God's grace. I'm no longer a slave to sin. And God has given me authority to win. I'm going to read that again. I am no longer a slave to be ugly anymore. I am no longer a, a slave that I got to take offense every time. I'm no longer a slave to whatever, drugs or whatever it is. I'm no longer a slave. Because God has given me the authority to win over this. And if you forget everything that I talk about today, please do not forget this. Don't miss this one point. I want you to really see this. God, because of His grace, now that means that He has a love that you and I don't deserve, but He gives it to us anyway. Because of God's grace, He has a key, a, a grace key, that He comes over and He unlocks this, this lock so that now you and I are free. I don't have to be dominated by a life of wrongdoing anymore. I'm free. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am not a slave. Get it? 
Oh, you remember? Good, 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 good. Yeah, God has given me, by his grace, the freedom to walk away from that. I can be free. Number two, to go deep, I have to ask myself the deep questions. In other words, work on your own stuff first. Turn to the person next to you and say, see, I told you. You work on your own stuff first. Ask the questions about yourself. You know what we always do is we always turn in the questions on the other person, right? Yeah. We always want to ask the deep question on the other one. What I want to challenge you to do is to ask the questions of yourself. And I can tell you that in the the last 22 years of my life, I, I went to the deep places, the deep questions of my inner world. And I've asked those questions, and I've found answers. And in those answers, I got help. And and in that help, I got hope. And you know what I found out about my value and, and my acceptance? The only source that satisfies what my soul is craving for is God. He is the only source. I've looked and, and I've, I've seeked out approval from so many, many places. And you have too. I'm not alone on this one. You're right there with me. You, you sought out approval from friends, from relationships, from your business, from your achievement, from hanging out with the crowd. You sought approval from that. You, you tied your values to the wrong sources just like I did. Because when you don't get your worth from God, you're going to go and look for it in other places and, for pe- and from people. And when you give people the power to approve your life, you also give them the power to disapprove your life. And that's way too much power. And that's why for many of you, life will always be a letdown by others. You have given them the power. Now listen to this. The true power for self-control is not in people. It is in a person and his name is Jesus Christ. The cross is a symbol of what Jesus did for you and me. When he hung on the cross and he sacrificed his sinless life to pay for our sins, to unlock my chain and your chain from being chained to sin, he stamped us with his approval. And when he stamped us with his approval, that approval is what gives birth to inner confidence. That approval is what gives me the inner strength and self-control to say no to things, to say that is enough, I'm not going to do that anymore, to keep temptations and, and medications at bay. It is that approval that when you are just about to get stung with what we're talking about today, you can say, I refuse to go there. And this comes, what we're talking about comes right out from God's word. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 and 19. 16 to 19. I pray that from his glorious unlimited sources, he will give you mighty inner strength, that is called self-control, through his Holy Spirit. 
May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have the power to understand, and here is our song, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love really is. You may experience the love of Christ, and then you'll be filled, and then you'll be filled, and then you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Yeah, it's all about God's love controlling me. So that I have that inner strength to control all the other things in my world. So the first action step, dig below the surface. The second is, ask myself the deep questions. And the third, you've got to give it all up. You've got to give it all up. If you want self-control, you've got to give it all up. And I know what you're thinking, that does not make sense, Pastor. To get self-control, I've got to give up control? Yes, you do. To really live, listen carefully, I must die. To win, I must lose. To be great, I must serve. To be first, I must be last. And to get self-control, I need to give up control. You remember the first word I had you underline this morning? When the Holy Spirit controls your life. That's the mysterious part. God wants to control it, but he wants you to live it. God wants to control my life, but he wants me to live my life. As a matter of fact, he wants me to live it to the fullness. When he does control it, he comes inside and he begins to develop self-control in me. His presence is the only thing that can help me. He gives me the help to say no to those things that are destroying me. You give it up so that Christ can come in. Nod your heads if you understand that. You give it up so that Christ can come in. So that Christ really lives it up. Galatians 2, 19 and 20. For when I tried to keep the law, I realized I could never earn God's approval. So I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live my life in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and he gave himself up for me. Now here's how this message all ties up together. When you give it up, And his presence comes in. His presence brings approval. And approval brings inner strength. And inner strength brings self-control. And when you have self-control, it leads to a more fulfilled life. A life that God wants you to live. And I have experienced this. I'm a testimony to what God can do in a life that was out of control. And I want you to experience the same thing. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. As we know Jesus better, as we know Jesus better, how many of you want to know Jesus better? What happens when we know Jesus better? His divine power gives us everything we need for living a godly life. He has called us to receive his own glory and goodness. And by the same mighty power, he has given us all of his rich and wonderful promises. He 
has promised that you will escape the decadence all around you because by, caused by evil desires and that you will share in his divine nature. And what the scripture says is when you know Jesus better, his divine power gives you everything that you need for living a godly life. And you know God, as you know God better, he gives you the power to escape those things that are tempting you, that are medicating you, that are controlling you. He gives me everything that I need. Everything. Now here's how I'll bring this, because I'm ready to wrap this up. I know that some of you are like, go already, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Saying, Pastor, quick, make quick. Okay. Okay. Here's how I'll bring this whole sermon together in one sentence. To develop self-control, I must realize that I cannot do it on my own. I cannot do this on my own. Neither can you. Cannot do it. I must believe that God can. And I must be willing to let him. See, I got a part in everything. I got a part. I got to let God. That's my part. Be God. I got to let him be God. And he will help me. So my prayer for you this morning is that this series has set you up so that you can see that when you allow God's spirit to move in your life, when you allow God to invade your life, what happens is that you will experience not only his love, but that he will show you his ways so that you can live your life in fullness. Amen? And my prayer is that you and I would be attracted to the things that really matters to God. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Father, with a grateful heart, we thank you today. I pray, Lord, for us as we go about living our life this week. We know that there will be many tests that will come. and I mean, even driving out of this driveway, Lord. Um, when the when the the parking lot attendants don't let us go first, we get offended. So Lord, help us. We need you so much. And there's there's more than one turn out there, Lord. It's it's offended here and then offended there and offended everywhere. And we go down the road and we get offended, Lord. Help us, Lord, to not be offended. Help us to call out on you. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand for our last song. God bless you all.